Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.
hoops for the third hour today. strategy show it is friday march 12th the final day of the work week i'm excited to work this one out we've got a seven game slate on our hands i am josh engelman i am joined by greg Ehrenberg. we are brought to you by no house advantage but you guys know where we need to start this greg how are you uh pretty good i mean we, we've already talked about this slate kind of at length because we have one of the i don't even know if i if, if we call it one of the more interesting games of the year but one of the mm. weirder games of the year for sure the Rockets, who might only have seven players that actually get run tonight playing against the Jazz. The Jazz are now up to a 17.5-point favorite, which is the widest spread we've seen the entire year. And the biggest spread since last year in the bubble when the Bucks played against the Nets, and they ended up being favored by like 19.5 points, I think it was, in that game. And the Nets ended up winning that game outright because the Bucks starters only ended up playing uh, like 18 minutes each. Uh, so I don't think the Rockets win this game, though. No. Uh, if the Rockets win this game... Without Utah resting, like, all of Utah today. I think they might be able to just grab 12 random Utah people and have a decent run in this one. It is going to be just... It's going to be the biggest problem on the slate. And lucky for us, good good, good news for us, that game locks at 10 o'clock at night. So, oh, yeah, so... it's not like we're going to have any information. No, no, not at all. And, yeah, I mean, they only have a bunch of guys listed on the injury report right now, and... And of those guys also, we just have coach speak to go off of where uh, Silas said, hey, I don't think the guys who were out last night are going to play are going to play tomorrow. So who knows what that really means. But yeah, I don't have very many active guys for the Rockets right now. No, uh, The Rockets don't have a lot of active guys for the Rockets right now, unfortunately. Guys, as you get in the door, don't be afraid to hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification. I couldn't even say that word. <laughs> notification bell. So you know when everything goes live, go check out the process. Go check out the slate starter. Go check out contenders videos. i got a ton of content starting off the day. Well, first and foremost, let's just dive into this slate. We've got seven games. We should be able to, you know, dig into each one of them. And we're going to start with the Cleveland Cavaliers. No, that's not who we're starting with. Maybe we are. I, don't, I have the list in front of me. See, I do this a lot. And here's the, here's the real problem. See, Denver is first today. I need to learn how to sort two different tables the same way because they don't sort in the same order. And then I get myself in situations where I provide our producer the wrong information. So right now we're kicking it off with the Denver Nuggets at the Memphis Grizzlies. Nuggets are three-point favorites in Memphis, 227 total. And for Denver, we got a lot of question marks on our hands. And this is the first of many, many different games that have a lot of guys that could potentially be back or are back. So for Denver, Gary Harris is still out. That one feels normal. Paul Millsap is questionable. Jamichael Green is questionable. Facundo Campazzo is back. RJ Hampton is out. So let's start here. What is your assumption for Paul Millsap and Jamichael Green right now? I have them in. And I think that once we've had the all-star break, there's been a bunch of time off. If these guys aren't back now, like how much longer is it going to take? So I just assume that, in general, I've been assuming that most guys who are listed as questionable after the All-Star break are going to play, with the exception being guys who get downgraded during the day. So, like, yes. John Wall yesterday, I assumed he was out because he was downgraded to questionable during the day. Guys that 
have had standing questionable tags like Paul Millsap and Jermichael Green. I'm considering them in for now. It doesn't mean they're for sure locks to be in, but that's just my lean. Okay. I went the same direction there. Um, Jokic is really the only guy pulling consistent ownership across both sites in the 20s on FanDuel and DK. Murray and Porter getting a little bit of love on FanDuel, a little bit less so on DraftKings. So talk to me a little bit about what you see for Denver today as a whole. Yeah, so I think Jokic is a primary pay-up option. Uh, a lot easier to get to on DraftKings than FanDuel just because we could roster multiple centers on DraftKings, and there's there's so much value on the slate. It's not going to be hard to get up to him. The main reason being is because uh, Houston, even though on paper it's a bad spot against the Jazz, they're going to have potentially a seven- or eight-man rotation of guys who are mostly min-price. So a bunch of those guys are going to hit value. That's going to make it pretty easy to have stars and scrubs builds for the slate. So uh, Nikola Jokic is uh, definitely going to be a primary pay-up target for me. On FanDuel, I think there's going to be a good debate to be had whether Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic is a better pay-up target. And that's going to be a little hard to figure out now just because of the latest ownership updates that I looked at, at least at that point before the show that had assumed that Joel Embiid was out. I have, I have Embiid and Jokic projected fairly similarly. So my lean is going to be probably towards wherever the lower ownership is. I have Jokic or I have Embiid significantly ahead of Jokic um, uh, by quite a large margin. And I did put out a little note into our NBA channel to see if we can get a new run. Uh, When I saw Tony Bradley had like 30 something percent ownership, I knew that we were going to need that one. Yeah, outside of Jokic and to a lesser extent, a little bit of Murray on FanDuel, not really a spot that I'm looking to get a lot of. It's not that appealing of a fantasy game. Getting these guys back, all, everybody else is already overpriced. So I don't really have much to add from a Denver perspective. Uh, just curious, I have Joel Embiid two-tenths of a fantasy point better than Nikola Jokic. How much better do you have Embiid? Uh, 6.5. Oh, wow. That is, I, have that Joel is Allen, I have Joel Embiid projected for 60 fantasy points today. Okay. I have it at like 59 and 58.8. Okay. So I have, I have Jokic at 53 and a half. He's the the second highest number for anybody on this slate, but uh, Embiid just, I mean, with Simmons off, Embiid has like a 44% usage rate, 1.9 fantasy points per minute. That obviously I couldn't go with, but I have him somewhere in like the 1.7 range for today. He's just, he's on another level right now. Yeah. So I I mean, I'm pretty close to you on with Embiid. I just have Jokic higher. And that makes some sense to me. I am, I can say the lowest in the industry as of right now. I have him at, whoops, turn my number lock off. 1.49 fantasy points per minute, which I don't really love. It feels like a little low. So I think that's actually something that I need to bump up right now. I, I, there's nothing that I could do, in my opinion, to get him to, um, to Embiid's level, but I do think that I had him a little bit low. Okay, so I gave him a little bit of bump. Looks a little bit better. Let's slide on over to Memphis now, where, for the most part, this one's going to be pretty easy. Uh, it's the same rotation that they had in their previous game, only now Grayson Allen is back from the concussion protocol. So we need to figure out, what does this rotation look like? The last time that everybody was healthy, DeAnthony Melton was basically on the outside looking in. And for right now, I'm going to assume that that is the case moving forward. Didn't expect that given the contract he signed in the offseason. But until we see it, I don't really know what else I could actually look at. By the way, shout out to Jonathan Johnson with the super chat. Uh, Pogoshevsky is my new favorite player. Uh, Don't get married to that one too much. 
Oh no, uh, dude! I, I, you're a big Poku I'm, fan, dude. I'm I'm a Pokushevsky fan. I actually think going down to the G League helped him a lot. I thought he looked pretty good last uh, last night, and I think I think that Couldn't I hurt. thought there was I thought there was some uh, some correlation there. Couldn't hurt, that's for sure. Um, he's he's two years away from being two years away. Uh, let's talk Memphis. I don't really see them as all that playable. Maybe fifty two hundred dollar Dylan Brooks on DraftKings, but and, and like you can always roster Ja Morant. You know, when it comes to like the best player on most teams, they're sort of just in play in perpetuity unless they have like a weird price change. I don't really have much interest in anything from Memphis. Neither do I. And I I think we could talk for a second about uh, Jonas Valanciunas just because both of us liked him a whole bunch for their first, for uh, the the first game coming back from, from the break. And Valanciunas was incredible, arguably the best game of his career. I think that might've been, I, I assume that was his highest fantasy point total. He scored like 67 fantasy points on DraftKings or something ridiculous like that. Uh, so maybe that'll make people want to gravitate towards him a little bit. But here's the issue I have with him. There is so much value on this slate. And we've already talked about Jokic. We've talked about Embiid being really strong center options. And just given the amount of value that's on the slate, I see myself paying up for Embiid and Jokic a bunch at center. And at least as of now, it doesn't look like I'm going to be getting to Valanciunas. Yeah, I don't anticipate getting to Joe Val at all. The highest guy in any sim that I ran, John Morant, 8% on DraftKings. Like, that's just, on a seven-game slate, that's basically non-existent. So, I don't get the sense that I'll be getting too much Memphis at all. I'm trying wow. to look up on uh, on StatHead to see, like, what Joe Val's best game is. I don't know how quickly I can find that. Um, well, you're looking for that. I'll, I'll fill out I some feel like he is... I feel like he has smashed what he did two nights ago in previous, like really odd, huge rebounding games, but uh, go for whatever you were going for. Oh, I was just going to kill some time while you were uh, trying to look that up. I was going to talk about, so some of the other guys in the Memphis rotation, the other issue also with John Morant being about back. Um, the other thing also, it's weird that Melton is out of the rotation now because I think he's a, a valuable player for them, but they have so many guys that are just kind of okay. Like, Tyus Jones is going to get minutes. Grayson Allen's going to get minutes. Xavier Tillman's going to get minutes. Desmond Bain isn't going to start again, but he's going to get minutes. Justice Winslow, Brandon Clark. I think there's going to be so many guys on this team on a night-to-night basis that play 24 to 28 minutes, and it's just going to cap the upside of everybody and makes it very difficult for there to be legitimate upside in guys when there's a slate that has more than like two or three games. I can't find it while I'm on this show, but is Memphis ripe for like a consolidation trade at the break? Because they just... They have so many bodies that I don't think that they could really use. Like if D'Anthony Melton isn't going to be able to get on the floor at this point, then what's the point of even signing him last year? Like what can you turn a two for one into for Memphis? Uh, I don't even know. I mean, it depends who's, you know, you know, what something else that kind of hurts us is now that we have the play in game, there's so, f- there's so many less teams that at least I think of that are going to be wanting to, uh, to, to be sellers at the trade deadline because almost everybody is is in the mix like even okc whoever we thought was going to suck this year they're two and a half games out of the playing game they're they're almost yeah. even with the warriors at this point so it's hard to really find many sellers by the way i actually uh most fantasy points for javel mcgee august 13th against uh, mcgee i mean i mean uh jonas <laughs> Valanch- it's jonas valanchunas uh game against the bucks he had 26 points 19 rebounds and 12 assists for uh 73.75 dk points there you go. Was that last year or two years ago? Uh, that was last year. Okay. Yeah. Rung a bell. Like, I'm just making this up off the top of my head. Uh, we, we can't really look into it. But if Memphis said, we'll give you 
DeAnthony Melton and, you know, pick one of these random like other guys that are on the wing to the Lakers for something like Kuzma, where the Lakers get, you know, ball handling for a guy that's really not a part of their future the way that everybody wants it to be. They get it slightly more depth by bringing in a two for one. That's the sort of thing that I'm thinking about where somebody that just isn't getting the run that they think they should and Memphis can get off of two of these guys and turn it into one guy that fits the team a little bit better. I mean, Kuzma's a bad example, but like, <laughs> that's just the first thing that I'm thinking of. Yeah. I was, I was going to say like, is Kuzma, does Kuzma even play over like Brandon Clark or anything or Kyle Anderson? I mean, he should. Maybe. I don't know. Like, well, I, over, over Kyle Anderson, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, it's just I, random, and I'm filling time. No, like I mean, I I agree with you just from the standpoint of they so many guys. I would like them to trade three players one just to make the DFS picture a little bit clearer. Uh, but it, it's hard. It's hard to think of something that actually makes sense. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Even know what like their salary situation is for next year. I I feel like a lot of this team is back, but like who? Gorgie Zhang is a free agent. So they've got a $17 million expiring on a guy that I don't even have in the rotation, which is fascinating. And then every single other guy that we're talking about is under a guaranteed contract for next year. And why does the roster have like 40 players on it? Like I'm looking through the roster. Like doesn't seem like there's way too many guys they have. That's what I'm saying. Like if you aggregate, you know, DeAnthony Melton and someone else, Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But maybe, or maybe it's not Melton. Maybe it's Bain or whoever you want it to be. Like just consolidating some of that talent. You've got too many dudes under contract and you don't have the ability to play them all. Oh, I'm just waiting until Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back. If he ever comes right. back, because there's basically no news there. Yeah, not ideal. All right, moving on to the next one. The Cleveland Cavaliers at the New Orleans Pelicans. Pels seven and a half point favorites, 228 total for uh, this game. Q tag on Darius Garland. And then the big one here, this is what you, you mentioned how you were handling Q tags before I handled this one a little bit differently. Uh, questionable tag on Kevin love. I did not put him in yet. Dude hasn't played in ages. They have no real incentive to be playing him unless they think that they can trade him. So I'm not putting Kevin love into a lineup until I actually know that he is back, but he certainly could be back today. We do get Larry Nance back, which is huge for Cleveland. I think he's been a big problem for them not uh he's like the linchpin to any sort of defensive identity that they want to have i obviously have garland in at this point what are you seeing from cleveland because i think there are a couple decent pieces here so i have kevin love in but playing limited minutes i just gave i gave him 18 minutes and it's enough that it makes him not viable but it also takes away from jared Allen a little bit it makes larry nance not viable 
And then just all the other ancillary pieces, you know, Torian Prince, Chetty Osman. It just means that all these guys play minutes in the teens. At least that's how I view the Kevin Love situation right now. And that makes it hard to really roster any of the big men for me at the moment. Uh, also, Jared Allen's been really good for them. But I think we run into the, the same issue with Jonas Valanciunas. I think we run into a Jared Allen, which, which is that I have other guys that I'd rather pay up for, namely Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic, and that's going to prevent me from getting to Jared Allen. Uh, the guy that stands out the most to me right now is Colin Sexton. Yep, I agree. Uh, Sexton showed up 23% of the time in uh, the optimal during my Sims. That's actually higher than we have his current ownership projection. I don't mind getting to Garland either. I think he looks pretty comparable, 6,200 and 6,600 across both sites. Assuming he plays, he plays a ton of minutes. So I don't mind going there. You know, Isaac Okoro kind of always shows up as like a five percenter on FanDuel as a pay down small forward option. I think he's a small forward off the top of my head. Could be a shooting guard for all I know. Doesn't matter. Pay down option either way. But I'm with you. Like if love is in, it's just taking more minutes away from some other people. I don't have a ton of interest in Jared Allen because of the way the center is set up. So it's basically sex land and nothing else. Yep. I am on the same page. And then, uh, like I said, Kevin love, I think, I think there's a decent chance he plays, but limited minutes, uh, also, to your point where you said, like, what's their motivation to play him? I don't know what was their motivation to give him a big contract and tell him they were going to build the team around him and then not do that. He has been <laughs> hurt at least a little bit. I mean, my motivation would have been, uh, you know, he won a title and it's a good dude, I guess. I get it. It's a ter- it was a terrible deal, but I get it. I'm not surprised by it. He'll help somebody at some point in time, maybe. I don't know. I feel like I haven't seen him play in two years. It's 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 been a minute. How many games has he even played in this year? I would have said like three, four. Let's see. He has played in two games. On opening night, he played 38 minutes. Then he played nine minutes in the second game of the season and got injured. That was on December 27th, and he has not closed. He has not played in a game since. Yikes. All right, for the Pels, we know J.J. Redick is out. Otherwise, I think everything is pretty cut and dry for New Orleans. Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson are the only guys picking up any real ownership on FanDuel. Similar story on DraftKings, just half the ownership. And those are the clear two standout options for me as well. I'll never have a problem paying up for the guys that dominate the ball the most. Although Lonzo Ball is at 5% ownership, 6,600 on FanDuel. I would happily do about double that against Cleveland. Eric Bledsoe, uh, I think you can probably talk yourself into a little bit. He's 5,400 on FanDuel, 5,800 on DraftKings. Where are you looking to the Pelicans? Is it just Ingram and Zion for you? Uh, Yeah, so uh, Zion being the primary guy for me, I think there's been a little bit of a switch in Zion over the last, I don't know, three weeks or so now. It was something that I remember we had a slate where we were talking about it, and and you'd mentioned, and I mentioned also, Zion scores the same amount of fantasy points every game. For a little while, that was the case, and – that's changed recently where now we're seeing the usage has been a little bit higher for him. I think they've started to make more of an effort to be like, Hey, Brandon Ingram's really good, but you know who our guy is last night, notwithstanding like Zion's our guy, we're going to feed him. Uh, which wasn't the case yesterday. We're like, Hey, Brandon Ingram's just going to take a bunch of bad shots. And uh, they got their ass kicked in a game. That they should have yeah. won fairly easily. Uh, but in general, more often than not, we've seen the offense run through Zion and, We've seen his usage kind of hover around 30% over the last month, which is higher than it was earlier in the year. That's also equated to more upside. Uh, even at 9000 on FanDuel, and then his DraftKings price is at... 91. 91. 
that that to me is still a viable price tag to get to him, especially because the ownership isn't really there. He is at 12% on DK and it, it's actually there on FanDuel, but I'm still getting to him in my initial builds at around the the same as, as what his ownership is. And the reason being also is salary isn't that much of an issue on this slate. We've said before, there's so many guys to, to save salary with. And one of the only positions that we don't have a ton of viable cheap guys is power forward. So yeah. I think this is a fine position to pay up for. And that's what's getting me to, to Zion on, on FanDuel at least. I'm totally with you on the Zion take. We got the question in chat from Thomas Norris. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker thoughts? Yeah, don't play a single share of him. No, I have him playing minutes in the teens. And yeah, he's unplayable. Uh, so last night, I'm just going to pull it up because I assume this is related to him playing well yesterday. Yeah, him, him and Kira Lewis got blowout run. Uh, Willie Hernan Gomez got some minutes in blowout run, but he is out of the rotation now. Um, can't be looking at it like that. Yeah, so he played 25 minutes yesterday. I don't think he plays those minutes again like Josh said. That was because of blood. He also didn't even play well in those 25 minutes, which right. uh, besides the point, I don't expect that they're going to get blown out by the Cavs. Like they got blown out by the Timberwolves yesterday. At least the Cavs are better than the Wolves. Yeah, well, they got their asses kicked by the Wolves yesterday. Truthfully, they did. Uh, I just realized that we didn't do any of our normal gimmicks. So favorite play on FanDuel, favorite play on DraftKings from Denver, Memphis, and then from Cleveland and New Orleans. Uh, Jokic, Jokic, and then uh, Cleveland. Nor- By the way, Jokic on DraftKings, Jokic on FanDuel, in case people uh, are not aware of what Josh and I do when we do these uh, these morning yes. shows together. And then for uh, this game, it is going to be Sexton on FanDuel. DraftKings, I think it's actually Lonzo Ball. Hmm. Okay, I like that call. On Denver, or for FanDuel in the Denver-Memphis game, it's Murray for me. It's Jokic on DraftKings. And then in the Cleveland-New Orleans game, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. Yeah, so the issue issue with Sexton on DraftKings, he's all the way up to 8,100. So there's a big difference between on on FanDuel and DK. Uh, On on DK, I don't think anybody is an especially strong play, but... Uh, Lonzo Ball at 5% ownership is, to me, a slightly more favorable play than Zion at 12% ownership. Big schedule coming up today. No surprises. We run a ton of content here at awesomeo.com. So at 3 p.m. Eastern, the NHL Strategy Show with Jake and Cliffy. will uh, They'll be breaking down the old game on the ice. At 5 o'clock, we'll have the NBA tip-off show. Greg, you will be back with Ben breaking it all down, leading into the NBA deeper dive. Alex Baker, Osimo himself, and Adam Shear. Ship my money. They'll be going for about an hour. Leading into NBA Live Before Lock, Chris Baggs, Terry McBride, taking you all the way up until that 8 o'clock lock. Yes, lock is an hour later. All of our shows are an hour later than they normally are, except for 9 p.m. Eastern, the late night Live Before Lock, the Swap and Spit show, Chris Baggs, and Emac, taking you all the way up to 10 p.m. Full schedule of shows today. That's not all we've got. We got a little bit of free content. I'm going to hit on that one right now. I was going to save that for later, but we're going to hit on it now. NBA Big Board is free. The NHL Top Stacks are free. MMA Projections are free. What do we have this week? Leon Leon Edwards? Leon Edwards against uh, Bilal Muhammad. Remember the name. Uh, MMA Projections are free. And then Super Draft NBA Projections, also free. So if you're playing on Super Draft today, we do have free projections for you. And... We'll touch on No House Advantage in a little bit, but we've always got free content for No House Advantage, the presenting sponsor 
of the NBA strategy show. Good stuff. Moving it on. Philadelphia 76ers, Washington Wizards, Sixers, four and a half point favorites in Washington. No Ben Simmons still out, but he should be back for tomorrow's game, I believe. Potentially. Yeah, allegedly. I'm not going to (laughs) be believing uh, Glenn Rivers on that one. So Embiid in 10-7 and 10-7 on FanDuel and DraftKings. I think he looks absolutely fantastic in this spot. Huge pace up matchup. You're not worried about the defense. And Embiid with Ben Simmons off the floor has like a 40-something percent usage rate and a 1.9 plus fantasy point per minute rate. I think he looks incredible. However, I don't even think that he's the best play on his own team, at least not on FanDuel, because Tobias Harris is 7,800 at a power forward spot that Pretty difficult to fill otherwise. He's also projected for monstrous 50-ish percent ownership. Talk to me about Embiid and Harris, and then we'll get into the rest of these guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm still a little bitter about the Harris game yesterday because I feel like everything went as poorly for him as possible. And he still ended up scoring 33.5 FanDuel points at a 6,900 price tag. He went uh, like 0 for, 0 for 5 in his first rotation on the court and then doesn't end up playing in the fourth quarter because the game's a blowout. But even with all that in mind, he still had a salvageable game for what his salary was on FanDuel, uh, but really should have been a much bigger game. He only ended up getting to play 25 minutes yesterday. He would have absolutely destroyed if he got to play even 30 minutes yesterday. So that was a little bit annoying, but even at the 7,800 price tag in this matchup, I'm going to be wanting to get back to him. I agree with everything you said. Uh, Embiid, I want to I want to be on uh, Tobias Harris. Uh, that I want to be on you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be on you. I want to be on you. Um, the question for me, because we don't have the latest updated ownership, and it's something I talked about with Jokic before, I have Jokic and Embiid projected closely enough that if there's a big ownership gap between them, I'm going to lean towards whichever one of them is lower owned. Yeah, I think that's a fair stance to take. Uh, I think they're quite clearly the two best options, although Vooch does look sneaky good today as well. We will get to him in a little bit, but just the rates that Joel Embiid has been putting up as of late and in particular with Ben Simmons off the floor are truly, truly staggering. I actually have Joel Embiid ahead of my GPP target score metric. So 50% likely to go three and a half X plus 22 today. It's it's truly insane stuff. What else do we do with Philly? Uh, I had quite a bit of shake Milton interest yesterday. That got me very much nowhere. Danny Green's picking up some ownership. That is rarely a spot that I want to go when everybody else is already there. Does Thibel start again? Who knows where they're moving this rotation around? Uh, I'm not all that interested in really too much else from Philly outside of Seth Curry. So talk to me a little bit about Philly guys that aren't Embiid and Harris. Yeah, it's I don't they've played so many different iterations of starting lineups this year that it makes it really hard. Like Thibel played yesterday and, and Thibel had a very Thibel game. He had like three steals in the first two minutes of the game. It was like, oh, it's gonna be one of these games from uh, Matisse Thibel. And uh, I think he actually ended up in my best FanDuel lineup yesterday. Uh, so Thibel, if he starts, I think he's a good FanDuel play. Not on DraftKings, though, just because so much of his production comes from defensive stats. He's one of the players with the biggest gap between what they could possibly do for upside on FanDuel versus DK. So if Thibel starts, I'll be interested in him on FanDuel. But I don't know that he starts just because I don't remember there being a game where he started alongside Embiid. For some reason, it seems like they like to go to Korkmaz more in yeah. games where Embiid's in there. Um so that's kind of what I think the starting lineup is going to be right now is Embiid, Harris, Curry, Danny Green, and Cork Maz. Yeah, I agree with you. Same page. Uh, 
I would be surprised if they started Thibel, but you know, it would fit, but you get all that shooting around Embiid and it becomes really problematic. Yeah. I think, I think that's what doc, and that's the, the best thing doc rivers has done this year is recognize that he needs to get as much shooting as possible around Ben Simmons and Joe Embiid. The worst thing he's done this year is injury reports by, by a long shot. We're moving it over, I think to Washington now. And uh, this one's easy. Play Russell Westbrook, play, play Bradley Beal. If he plays, he is questionable, by the way. Um, those are the only two guys you can play from the Washington Wizards unless Bradley Beal is out. Any disagreements? No, everybody else on this team kind of sucks right now. Uh, we've got yeah. uh, also just a bunch of guys where it's a hodgepodge of minutes, right? So we've got Hachimura. His minutes are somewhat stable, but everybody else, it's just minutes in the 20s. Bertans, uh, Avji, Neto. Wagner, Lopez, Garrison Matthews. Like there's a bunch of guys that play some minutes, but not enough minutes to be viable for DFS, at least not on a full slate. It was a little different the other day where we had a two game slate, but for, for a seven game slate, it's really hard to look at anybody other than Westbrook or Beal where that changes is if Bradley Beal is ruled out. Uh, Westbrook would obviously become a much stronger play. Uh, but, but then I think there would be some other guys, maybe like Garrison Matthews. I might consider yeah. if Bradley Beal's out. Uh, but as of now, I'm assuming that Bradley Beal ends up playing. So over the, I have stats for over the last 30 days, and this is mostly just their same rates as usual. Russell Westbrook, 1.39 fantasy points per minute. Beal, 1.33. I'll even say Mo Wagner at 1.08. Here are the fantasy point per minute rates for everybody else that I have projected to get minutes over the past 30 days. Rui, 0.72. Neto, 0.76. Denny, 0.64. Bertans, 0.76. Lopez, 0.78. Garrison Matthews, 0.68. These guys are all terrible at fantasy, man. Every single one of them is terrible. Don't play these guys unless Bradley Beal is out. And if he is out, cross your fingers and you hope you get the right guy. Yeah, and I mean, it's not that they're terrible just in fantasy. They're not any good in real life either. There's a reason that the Wizards aren't good. And uh, that's that's largely why. Because the players outside of their two they're two star players. I'll still consider Russell Westbrook a star. At least he certainly is for fantasy purposes. Uh, everybody else's replacement level. Favorite play on FanDuel, favorite play on DraftKings? Uh, Joel Embiid and Joel Embiid. Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid for me. Harris on – and it's sort of just a technicality. You can only play one center on FanDuel, and you can play two power forwards. So Tobias Harris looks like he should be more owned. It's probably Embiid if, ever, if all things were equal, but uh, Tobias Harris on FanDuel. Yeah, that, that that's fair. Also, it's 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 kind of open ended question. You can go multiple yeah. ways with who's your favorite play, but it's yeah, it's those two and only those two. <laughs> yes. On to Miami now. Miami at the Chicago Bulls. Slight favorites in Chicago, two twenty total. Uh, it's rarely fun to go up against Miami from a DFS perspective. It just kind of grinds to a halt. The Bulls aren't looking very good either with any if with everybody else back. So on the Miami side, no Bam, and it's basically going to be what you would think is. The same rotation as yesterday. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Right. Except for the fact that I feel like Spolster loves doing different stuff in both sets of a back to back. So who knows where that goes other than. Jimmy Butler is 9,600 on FanDuel, 9,200 on DraftKings. And to me, an, an outstanding play today against Chicago should really get his own. Uh, if you want to, if anybody in the world is going to play with any sort of revenge narrative in their brain, I certainly would think that it's Jimmy Butler going against the, the Bulls. That wouldn't shock me at all. Um, Kelly Olynyk picking up some love, 4,500 on FanDuel, starting center. You know, it's very easy to get to him from a value perspective. I assume you're certainly looking at Butler. What do you think about Olenek? What do you think about the rest of the Heat? Yeah, so Olenek is a weird case because there's a big gap in his price on FanDuel and DraftKings. And in a points-per-dollar sense, I just look at the price on Olenek and be like, I would like to have all of the Olenek. But then I make my initial builds, and I'm not getting to as much Olenek as I would think I would at the price point because I have other values at other positions that are better values than Olenek. And Embiid and Jokic are better pay-up options than we have pay-up options at other positions. So I think that points per dollar, Kelly Linick is one of the best plays on the slate, but that doesn't bear out in, in the builds that I'm doing, at least, at least not uh, nine hours before the slate locks. It doesn't, it doesn't bear out in that because uh, just, just the way that it shapes up on, on FanDuel. Funny enough, I am actually getting to more exposure on, Kel- on DraftKings right now on yeah. Kelly Olenek at 5,700 than I am on him on FanDuel at 4,500 just because we can roster multiple centers on DraftKings and Kelly Olenek also has power forward eligibility on DraftKings. If Kelly Olenek had power forward eligibility on FanDuel today, he would be like 40% out. Yeah, maybe even higher because yeah. his his minutes the last couple of games and also no Bam Adebayo there, so uh, there's a little bit more of a, of a reliance on Kelly Olenek. No, no Myers Leonard either, although he's been out, but also other stuff. But yeah, he's, what, he's What's going there. on with Myers Leonard? Tell me exactly what you've heard and heard him say. Uh, he has a shoulder injury. <laughs> oh, okay. Just checking. <laughs> uh, so Kelly Olenek, though, at 4,500, the last two games, he's played 37 and 35 minutes. I didn't give him that many minutes just because his minutes fluctuate a lot. But if we get anywhere near those minutes again, he is going to destroy for this price point. And I don't even know if it's going to matter. He might score. He might score 35, 40 fantasy points at 4,500. It might not be enough just given the way the slate shakes out. Yeah, he could hang 40 and be a fantastic value. And Embiid goes out there and drops 84 or something, and it's truly meaningless. Like it's, it's On a seven-game slate, like raw points at center are going to matter. And there's just two – between Embiid, Vooch, and Jokic, you have to assume one of those guys breaks free from the pack. Olenek would have to have a really, really staggering day today. And that's why in my sim, like I agree totally with you. Fantastic point per dollar play on FanDuel looks great. Showed up in the optimal lineup 6% of the time because you just don't need that value at the center spot. The, the opportunity cost today is way too high to be paying down. Again, he's great. You can build fantastic lineups with Kelly Olinick at the center spot. I can't, I wouldn't never talk anybody out of it. But you are giving up on Embiid and Jokic and Vooch and others, I guess. It's a big big deal anybody else from Miami because I don't see them as all that appealing 
No, it's just it's just Butler Linux uh, for me, and Butler being the stronger play just because of uh, positionality on Fanduel. Okay. On the Chicago side, these guys got everybody back, and that makes things kind of confusing here. So Devin Dotson is questionable. Not that anybody cares. If that guy sees the floor today, something really went wrong. Um, you can always play Levine, as far as I'm concerned. This is a tough spot for him against Miami. Patrick Williams for 4,300 on FanDuel. I don't know. I see the the Bulls as one of the worst teams on the slate. I actually have them graded out as the second worst team on FanDuel and the worst team to roster on DraftKings. Am I missing anything from Chicago today? No, not at all. The only player that I have any bit of exposure to in my initial builds is Zach Levine, and it's a very small percentage. Other than that, I'm not getting to anything here. I think the addition – or not the addition, but Laurie Markkinen coming back from injury – and Otto Porter coming back, this really fudges up the rotation because now we've got Patrick Williams. He was a good value play for a little while. Now his minutes become much less stable. Uh, Zach Levine and Kobe White are the only guys who I think we could reliably say they play over 30 minutes, and it's a really tough matchup for them. It's a, it's a slate with a whole bunch of value. So, yeah, I don't think there's really anything to like here. Any chance that Markinen and or Porter sit today? Yes. Um, I don't have that right now just because they aren't on the injury report. But yeah. actually, now that you mentioned it, I would kind of be surprised if Otto Porter plays. Agreed. Um, that, that would have been the one that shocked me the most. I wouldn't be surprised if they both sat, but Otto Porter in particular, I would be kind of surprised if he played on the back-to-back. I don't think that that ends up mattering at all. It pretty much just gives those minutes probably to Denzel Valentine or something in that neighborhood. And I don't really think that anybody becomes a better player or a good player or anything like that. Maybe Garrett Temple gets his minutes back up because he's going to get a haircut it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. And they've got Chandler Hutchinson. I don't have him playing minutes right now. He could play, like you said, also Denzel Valentine. Yeah. They've, they've got other guys. They could just give those 20 minutes too. favorite play on FanDuel favorite play on DraftKings. Uh, it is Jimmy Butler on both sites. Yes, it is. And it's not even particularly close as far as I'm concerned. No, it's so crazy that it's not Kelly Olenek at 4,500 on FanDuel, but that's just the way it works out. Orlando magic at the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs, huge favorites here, six and a half points, which is kind of nuts considering like their two biggest name players are out today. (laughs) On the Orlando side, though, we'll start here. Uh, Everybody that has been out is still out, so we don't have to get too crazy about Anthony, Fournier, Ennis. Terrence Ross is questionable, missed yesterday. I put him in for now. Uh, Don't know what really to make of it, um, but I do have Terrence Ross in for now, and I actually like quite a bit of Orlando. I think Vooch looks good at 9,900 or 10-3 against San Antonio. Uh, plays a ton of minutes, kind of does a little bit of everything. I'm happy to get to a little bit of Michael Carter-Williams. He is picking up quite a bit of ownership on FanDuel at 4,900. 6,300, he's picking up slightly less. Uh, Dwayne Bacon is the flat minimum on FanDuel. He is 4,200 on DraftKings. Very different play across both sites. Still happy to get to him, but if you want to pay down, that is an option. I will get to Terrence Ross if he exists on this slate. I might even play a little bit of Al Farouk Aminu at the flat minimum on FanDuel. How are you looking at Orlando? A very weird team in a very weird matchup. So are you assuming that Aaron Gordon sits today? I, uh, I gave him 16 minutes. Okay, so... He played like 14 or 12 yesterday. If he's sitting out in this one, he probably shouldn't have played yesterday. I'm a little concerned about Vucevic with Aaron Gordon coming back, and... That's not to say that Vucevic still isn't a good player, but he had a 27.7% usage rate yesterday. And while that's fairly significant, he has had very few games with a sub 30% usage rate while Aaron Gordon was out. 
So I do think that Aaron Gordon coming back, even if it's only Aaron Gordon playing 16 to 20 minutes, those are shots that are going to come away from Vucevic. And then also, if you look at the price tag for Vuce over the course of the season, the last time that Gordon was active before this stint earlier in the season, Vucevic was a guy who was priced in the 8,000 range. And then if you look at his salaries from last year, where the, the Magic were a healthier team, Vucevic was generally priced in the low to mid 8,000 range. So now that his price has gone all the way up, and that's always something I like to use as a benchmark for kind of a, a fair price point for players when, when guys come back, I think that we have to think that, the, that Aaron Gordon coming back, even if it's going to be limited minutes, is going to take away some shots from Vucevic and it's going to take away some playmaking responsibilities. So I just look at that and I think that he's uh, a little bit overpriced. And right now the ownership is fairly high on him. That's going to come down once we get ownership on Embiid. But yeah. right now 20% ownership on Vucevic is yeah. too high for me. But I, I don't know what the it's right not even is. Gonna be. It's not even going to be remotely close to that once Embiid is in our ownership. And that's why I think that he's mildly appealing as a, as a contrarian option. Look, I have him projected for 51 fantasy points in 36 minutes. That's 1.41 fantasy points per minute. In my model, like long-term, he's 1.38. He's at 1.46 for the last 30 days. I think it matters more that there's no Fournier and to a lesser extent, no faults. I'm not really worried about Aaron Gordon being back and playing 16 minutes and really affecting Nikola Vucevic. I think that matters if Aaron Gordon is back and legitimately playing. But if he is just a bit player in this one, I'm not as concerned. I do like the idea of getting to him in larger field GPPs because they're. I think his floor is massively high here uh, just for the way that he plays. Like Jakob Pertl, fantastic rim protector, not exactly going to be getting out on the perimeter to guard Vooch from three. So if the stroke has fallen, I think the spot could be pretty good. But I'm going to have a lot of Orlando. Not something that I was expecting to say, but they rank as my number three team on FanDuel right now. A little bit lower, they're fourth on DraftKings. I just see some value in the number getting to bacon or Aminu. Like it's not fun, but if that takes me away from what I'm expecting to be crazy chalk on randos from Houston, I, I'm sort of okay with it. I'll add this and got not guys that I would be looking to play in cash games though. I do think there's guys no. that warrant, uh, there are guys that warrant GPP consideration, but yeah, there's, there's better cash game considerations at yeah. basically every price point for all these guys. I would entertain MCW in cash if he continues to get that ownership on FanDuel at 4,900. I don't really see anybody as truly cash viable on the DraftKings side, though. I'm with you there. Uh, and then going to the Spurs, uh, I, I, I'm having no fun trying to predict this rotation. Yeah, so LaMarcus Aldridge obviously out. He joins the list of uh, older players that suck now that aren't going to be playing for their teams because they want to go play for a winner. Congratulations there. DeMar DeRozan will be out today going to a private service uh, based off of the death of his father, so he will not be in this one. We are getting Devin Vassell back. I don't think that matters all that much here, but we saw two nights ago, I guess it was two nights ago, uh, Trey Lyles was looking like a potential option. He barely played. I think now with no DeRozan and no LaMarcus Aldridge, he kind of just by default sees a bit of extra minutes. I don't really care to get to him today. Uh, This team looks very different across both sites. On FanDuel, DeJounte Murray's 8,200. That's fine. No issue. There's some ownership. 7,500 on DK. Way better. Derek White is 4,900 on DraftKings. I think that price tag looks great. Keldon Johnson is 4,800 on DraftKings. Projected for 35% ownership right now. That number is absolutely insane, but I think he looks good as a play. Just, you know, be aware of it in, uh, in GPPs. Jake Puddle is going to play 30 minutes. He's got a six K price tag. Lonnie Walker, Patty Mills, Rudy Gay. 
I don't even know what to make of this team. I know you're not really happy about making a rotation for the Spurs. So where are you going here? Yeah. So if you're making, if you play cash games on DraftKings, you're going to want to have a good amount of exposure to the Spurs there. If nothing else was to change later in the day, I think that three guys you probably want in your cash lineup are going to be DeJounte Murray, Derek White, and Keldon Johnson on DK. And it never feels great to get that much exposure to Greg Popovich because who knows what he's going to do. I thought Trey Lyles was a really good value play the other day. I was like, oh my God, Trey Lyles is even going to be in the rotation today. And he would have not been in the rotation had had Pirtle not gotten into uh, some foul trouble because uh, Pirtle was going to play a ridiculous – I mean, Pirtle did play a ridiculous amount of minutes, but he would have played a really, really ridiculous amount of minutes had he not picked up four fouls. So, I mean, 32 and a half minutes for Pirtle last game, and that could have been in the neighborhood of like 36. He played He played 18 – a little over 18 minutes in the first half of that game, if I remember correctly. So uh, – Hurdle, I think, could end up playing a huge amount of minutes in this game uh, on DraftKings. Though, like I said, I think Keldon Johnson, Derek White, and Dejounte Murray are all guys you're going to want in your cash lineup. Ooh, okay, that scares me to an extent. Except, I mean, like Keldon Johnson, like we said, his what's his initial ownership projection? Uh, you said what's oh, he's 30? thirty-five on Keldon Johnson, twenty-seven on Murray uh 23 on white i actually think the murray one comes down a little bit just because we're going to get more ownership going to Embiid when he comes in and if you're take, bringing in a higher salary guy i think murray is the guy that takes the hit i think keldon johnson and Derek white both hold there i think that keldon johnson projected ownership is truly broken unless he plays on like how many minutes do you think keldon johnson plays today um i have him for 29 right now Okay, so I have him in for 26, and I am very clearly the low man on the totem pole right now. His minutes haven't been there, and I don't totally understand why. No, but the other thing, too, at least talking about him as a cash game option, if his ownership holds at 35% on DraftKings, it's hard to ignore somebody who could end up, like that would indicate to me that he's going to be like 60 to 70% on cash games. I just, why did he only play 22 minutes the past two games? Because Greg Popovich just does random shit. Very true. That's what gives me pause in locking in three Spurs in a cash game. Uh, the other thing also is, I mean, don't forget that he was, I mean, the actual answer, this doesn't apply to last game, but for the two games prior to that, he didn't start. He came off the bench. He was coming back from COVID and he was, right. uh, uh, he had conditioning issues, I think is what the team said. And then last game, the actual reason I think he only played 22 minutes, number one, they had DeMar DeRozan. They don't have DeMar DeRozan today. The other thing yeah. also was Rudy Gay played one of his best games of the season. So they yep. just gave Rudy Gay extended extended run. Uh, so I, I do think there's reason to think that Keldon Johnson plays more minutes today. I just don't know how many more minutes. Uh, GPPs, I tend to be underweight to what that number is on DraftKings, but I still think for cash games, if that ownership holds, you're going to want a roster in there. He might be the guy that gets pinched for me. I'd be more likely to get to Murray and White. But honestly, uh, cash games are going to be fully dictated on the Houston Rockets. And if you have so many Houston Rockets value plays in there, you might not need to take to roll the dice on a $4,800 Keldon Johnson because you might be saving so much money that you're rostering like guys with a pulse. Yep. And I mean, I don't, I don't think Keldon Johnson is kind of just a more expensive version of a lot of those Rockets guys. But still, I think, yeah. I think that uh, I still think the ownership has to dictate it a little bit. Yeah, you're you're probably right there. It'd be interesting. Um, 
I just don't know how much that like mid, like the high fours range is going to be valuable on a slate like this, where I think that stars and scrubs in a cash build is going to be as easy as possible to build. We'll see where we go. Best play on uh, FanDuel and DraftKings for this game. Uh, so on FanDuel, um, <laughs> I don't even want to give my answers. Uh, I think it's actually, oh, so Michael Carter Williams on FanDuel on DraftKings, DeJounte Murray. Dwayne Bacon on FanDuel. <laughs> it's comical. Derek White on DraftKings. Okay. Do you like Derek White more than Keldon Johnson on DraftKings? Yes. Or do you like Keldon Johnson more than Derek White on DraftKings? I so you tell me which one of those guys you like more on DK since I ruined that question. <laughs> I, on on DraftKings, I like DeJounte Murray the most. I like Derek White the second most, and Keldon Johnson the third most. Okay. Yeah. So I have it white murray but they're close and i have keldon johnson a pretty sizable step behind but again i am three minutes behind you that would shrink quite a bit otherwise guys it's time we need to talk a little bit about no house advantage the presenting sponsor for this show and the thing about no house advantage you don't have to worry really about fantasy projections we're more worried about player props so you are selecting props out of a list from no house advantage and you're ranking them based on your confidence. So if you're most confident in a prop, you might give it uh, today. It's 10. So your most confident prop would be worth 10 points. Let's just say it's Nikola Jokic's points. For example, how do you feel about 26 and a half points for Nikola Jokic? Uh, I feel pretty strong about the over on that number. There you go. So if you feel that strongly, that could be your 10 point prop. You'll rank one for 10, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one down the line. You're just trying to get your props right. It's a very different mechanism. Uh, they've got, let's see, a 5K slam dunk, 2K to first going tonight, $15 entry fee. You can help yourself out a little bit. Use the promo code AWESOMO. Get a first match deposit of up $20. And the best part, we've got free no house advantage projections on the website every single day. Not just what are the best props that are on the site ranked out by Alex's data, but you also get optimal no-house advantage lineups. You don't even have to do the work. Come snag one, what we call one of the best lineups, pop that into a no-house advantage contest, cross your fingers a little bit, maybe get some overlay. It's not going to get much better than that. Perfect opportunity for you guys to, buy, uh, to build your bankroll. I highly recommend using that promo code and signing up at no-house advantage. So go do that. Do that right now. And while you're doing that, You'd open up one tab where you're subscribing to No House Advantage using our promo code. You can do another one where you go to iTunes or whatever place you get your podcast. Leave a five-star review. That'll help. We put all of our shows up onto basically every place that you can get your podcast. We're going to be providing them at that location. Go subscribe to those things. It doesn't get much better than that. We We have so much content to give to people. We're doing free giveaways and everything constantly, free content, pin tweets, all that good stuff. Just reward us a little bit with likes on this video which i'm not gonna lie looking a little low go ahead and hit that thumbs up and five star reviews because this much we know we are bringing five star content and for those of you that are gonna say anything else that's five stars out of five baby don't be telling me we're five star content out of 10 or something that would just be rude two games to go man yeah and the the next one the uh the most important dfs game on slate to talk about And I don't even know if there's anything. So I don't even know how we talk about it. The Houston Rockets and the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz are infinite point favorites with a 200 and something total that isn't important in this case. 
And we can really just sort of hypothesize what's happening here. We don't have an injury report yet. We will not know anything about the Houston Rockets unless a tweet comes out in the next two hours. The 130 injury report will be huge here. So John Wall is, who knows? Didn't play yesterday. Don't know if he's playing today. Victor Oladipo is, who knows? Did play yesterday. Hasn't been playing back-to-backs. We'll see. Daniel House is likely properly questionable. Did not play yesterday. Christian Wood, out. Eric Gordon, out. David Nawaba, out. Dante Exum, who I forgot is on the team, out. P.J. Tucker, no longer playing with the Houston Rockets. He's on the Blake Griffin slash however many other players are doing this. LaMarcus Aldridge plan. So he's out. Kuruks is questionable. They have guys that we are confident should play today. Jay Sean Tate, Kevin Porter Jr., who's only been with the team for a day. Kenyon Martin Jr., maybe they can ask his dad if he wants to play too. He could probably get legitimate minutes. Justin Patton, Sterling Brown, Ben McLemore, and whatever Anthony Lamb is. So, whew, I don't have anybody to lead you to. These guys are going to pull a ton of ownership. Kevin Porter Jr. is the clear-cut best play on DraftKings today. I don't know what else to say. Just talk about Houston however you want to do it. Yeah, so what makes this really tricky is they had a bunch of guys out. And what what is right now driving the ownership and what's driving the line too? So when Josh did his... When Josh did his process show this morning, at that point in time, the Jazz were favored by 15 points. When Josh and I started the show, the Jazz were favored by 17 points. Midway through the show, the Jazz moved to 17 and a half point favorites. And what's moving this line is that the Rockets coach, uh, Stephen Silas, said last night after the game, a reporter asked him, uh, what do you make of all the injured players? And he said, I don't, I'll I'll bring up the, the quote right now just so I have it right. But he said something along the lines of, I doubt that any of the guys who were injured today end up playing tomorrow. And then that also raises the question is, is John Wall actually injured or was he just not playing because he doesn't play in back-to-backs? They're like, Hey, we're going to play tomorrow. We're going to do our normal thing where we play John Wall one half. We play Victor Oladipo the other half. That could have been the case. John Wall could also legitimately have an injury because he's John Wall. He's injured all the time and he wasn't on the injury report. And then all of a sudden he was on the injury report at five 30. Um, so I think there's a decent chance that John Wall plays and Victor Oladipo sits, as we've seen all year. But there's also a decent chance that John Wall's actually injured and doesn't play. Uh, so right now, I only have seven active players for the Rockets in the rotation. I think they just might make somebody active who doesn't end up playing minutes. Here's one thing I'm going to say about this for sure. Anybody who is active that is a name player that does not start, do not get exposure to them. If John Wall is active but comes off the bench, he's probably playing zero minutes. If Victor Oladipo is active and comes off the bench, he's probably playing zero minutes. The reason being is that for the NBA, you have to have at least eight active players to play a game. They might not have eight healthy players. They might have to designate somebody as uh, healthy, active, even if they're not able to play. So I assumed Wall was in. I don't really care if he's in or not. Kevin Porter Jr., Kenyon Martin, Jay Sean Tate, they're all showing up in like 40% of optimals on FanDuel. Kevin Porter Jr. at 3,200 on DraftKings showed up in 76% of optimals during my sim. Uh, You play him no matter what on DK. Shooting guard, small forward eligibility. I don't care if Wall and Oladipo play. You're playing Porter at 3,200. There's no way around it. If for some reason they really have seven guys available, all seven of those guys should be in like 15 to 20% or more of your lineups. I got to Justin Patton at 5K in 5% of lineups just on FanDuel so far, given how loaded everything else is. It is 
impossible to avoid Houston because of the amount of minutes they're going to play. And they might actually lose by 40. And it might not matter for fantasy anyway, because yep. uh, it, they're not going to lose. Even if they lose by 40, uh, they're not scoring zero points. So as if, if they end up losing 110 to 70, that's still 70 points that have to be accounted for on players who are mostly close to min price. And the other thing too, is in the fourth quarter, which we both, this is the most likely blowout of the season without there even being a, a close game as a second consideration. Yeah. If, if they are going to get their asses kicked, we're still going to see these same five guys, uh, whoever ends up starting, like Kevin Porter, Justin Patton, Sterling Brown, Kenny Martin Jr., whoever ends up being. These guys Anthony are going to play. The, yeah. These guys are going to play the fourth quarter against the Jazz backups, and then it's not even going to be all that difficult of a matchup at that point anyway. Uh, somebody's going to score fantasy points. I, I don't think there's any way around building lineups that don't have at least a couple of Rockets players and as many as four of them in them. As of right now, I'm expecting two and a half Rockets in the optimal lineup on DraftKings. The, if you ran, like, if you just ran an optimal pre-lock, I assume you get four. Uh, it's just, I don't have anything to add. You got to play all of these dudes. Yeah, and... A lot of them are interchangeable. The only one who stands out way above the other guys for me is Kevin Porter. Beyond that, like I don't have a strong a strong take between Kenyon Morton Jr., Ben McLemore, Anthony Lamb. Like I wouldn't be married to any of these guys. I think they should all no. be viewed as pretty similar. Like we don't have we don't have any real information on Kenyon Morton Jr. or Anthony Lamb. Yeah, like I like Jay Sean Tate a lot on FanDuel in comparison to DraftKings. He's only 4,700 and he gets minutes when they're actually healthy. So I assume he does well. Porter's expensive-ish on FanDuel relative to DK, but you're still putting him in like 40% of your lineups. Um, Sterling Brown is a guy that I'll have a ton of just because he gets minutes one way or the other. You're just playing Houston. You're playing a lot of Houston. The question then becomes, what in the world do we do with the Utah Jazz Donovan Mitchell is 8,200 on FanDuel, and I kind of like that price tag, but Donovan Mitchell might play 24 minutes today. How do we handle anything from Utah? I am probably just going to take them out of my player pool because I don't think any of the guys that matter play the fourth quarter. Yeah. It, I don't normally project for blowouts and all, but when you're like the one of the best defenses in the league and Rudy Gobert is going to be waiting at the rim for whatever half of these guys are from Houston – they have Houston has to have like an outlier shooting performance with hands in their face. They're not going to get clean looks. Good God. No, going to be a huge problem. I, I can't in good conscience recommend anything from Utah with any sort of regularity. Uh, if you have a Utah guy in a lineup, that's fine. They should do well. They're going to have guys that I would be looking at on Utah would be guys that I think are incredibly good defensive rebounders, because I assume that Houston is going to be chucking up a lot of garbage and those are the stats that they can soak up. Yeah. I mean, there could be a 20 rebound game for Rudy Gobert, but I still don't care because I like a bunch of the other centers far more than Rudy Gobert. Anyway, I totally agree. Best play on FanDuel and DraftKings for this one. Uh, Kevin Porter jr. Yeah. It's Kevin Porter jr. On both for me. That's fine. No way around it. No Keep your eyes peeled it. for news on this one. And it locks late. And then finally, the late night hammer, Indiana Pacers, Los Angeles Lakers. Pacers, four and a half point dogs in LA, 216 total last I saw. Indiana's just sort of healthy, and this is just like their normal rotation. So I like Sabonis on FanDuel. He's projected for 30% ownership. 
Makes total sense. That's where I have him. I like Brogdon on Fandle at 6,600. He's $1,400 more expensive on DraftKings. Crazy. Uh, I like Brogdon quite a bit on Fandle. Both of those numbers work. These guys are kind of too expensive on DK. Miles Turner, as I always mentioned, 6,300 on DraftKings, I think is going a little under-owned. He'd be a contrarian GPP play for me, but nothing else. It's Sabonis and Brogdon on Fandle and not much for Indiana on DK. Yeah, Sabonis' price got nerfed on Fandle really for no good reason whatsoever. 8900 that's too cheap a price for him. Uh, Sabonis right now is one of my favorite power forwards. Him and Tobias Harris, I think, are the two guys that stand out above everybody else on uh, Fandle power forward. And then Malcolm Brogdon, really just a price play on Fandle, 6600 That's another one that I think is an incorrect price. He has not been great from a fantasy perspective over the last... Uh, I don't know, month or so. I struggled a little bit with his efficiency at times, but still his price has come all the way down to 6,600. No go for me on DK, but too cheap on FanDuel. So Brogdon Sabonis, both of them more FanDuel specific plays, but guys that I'm going to like a decent amount on both, uh, both of them on FanDuel, but not DK. Is there anybody else we need to touch on here? Like Justin Holiday's at 10% ownership on FanDuel at 4,600. No chance I'm interested there. Uh, we missing anything down the line for Indiana? No, it's it's just hard to justify any of these cheapish guys when we have the Rockets cheap guys. How are you feeling about LeBron James today on the Lakers side? Um, I feel like he's a good pay-up option, but not nearly the pay-up option that Jokic is, not the pay-up option Embiid is. And I like Jimmy Butler better as a points-per-dollar play at small forward also. So LeBron's going to be in the mix for me just because there's so many value plays that I'm going to have a lot of stars and scrubs lineups but LeBron's not a priority play for me either. 8% projected ownership on FanDuel, 7% on DraftKings without Embiid right now. I love the idea of getting to LeBron James as a contrarian option in GPPs. No brainer to me today to want to have more than the field of him if that's where he's at right now. Yeah, it's not a hard number to get above. Even though, so the build I have right now, I have him... Uh, 16% on FanDuel, uh, which is still a lot more than the field has. You're 2Xing the field right there on LeBron James, and there is no reason that he can't be at that position to a vital piece for the day. So uh, but keep that to, in mind. Uh, just to clarify, though, I still have more exposure to Jimmy Butler, uh, mm-hmm. but rel- relative to the field, I'm overweight to, to LeBron. Sure. Uh, Schroeder. Seems fine. 5,700 on FanDuel, 6,200 on DraftKings. To me, it's just filler, and I have no interest in anything from L.A. on the DraftKings side other than LeBron and Schroeder. Um, I didn't really get to Schroeder in the first build I did. Other guys, Montrezl Harrell put out some really weird quotes on Twitter. I don't know what to read into that, but he was just like, guys, I'm done. I'm like, oh, what does that mean? That's, that's bizarre. Uh, so maybe that's something to pay attention to, but other than that, I mean, the, the center's Marcus is out still. He's in the uh, health and safety protocol. So that would seem to make uh, more minutes for Montrezl Harrell, but still way too many other centers that I like on the slate for me to get to uh, Montrezl Harrell. FanDuel, DraftKings, best plays in this game? Uh, on FanDuel, it is DeMontis Sabonis. On DraftKings, well, I really don't like anything on DraftKings. FanDuel for me, Sabonis, DraftKings, LeBron James. Yeah, I uh, I don't really I don't really like any of these guys on DK. There are some real bad takes about 
the Lakers blowing out the Pacers in YouTube chat right now. So that means it's the perfect time to get out of here. So I don't have to cloud my brain with awfulness. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the Lakers, by the way, are favored by four and a half points. That is the third shortest spread on the slate. Yep. Of course it is. We won't ignore, we'll ignore facts. It's way more fun to just make stuff up and be bad at this. So anyway, any final thoughts on this slate? Uh, no, so much of it's going to hinge on the Rockets news. And then just watch the, they're like, Hey, John Wall and Victor Oladipo are both going to play at nine 30 and it just ruins the whole slate. Uh, but yeah, I think in all likelihood stars and scrub slate, uh, pay up for Embiid, pay up for Jokic, pay up for Jimmy Butler, and then save salary with a bunch of Rockets guys. And, and there you go. That could have been the whole show summed up. <laughs> really could have, this could have been a vine. <laughs> <laughs> it could have. And on that note, guys, we are done. The work week is over for strategy shows, but they don't stop on the weekends. I just don't do them on Saturdays, but I'll see you guys Sunday morning. I believe me and Rinpak, I think, uh, Ooh, and big news breaking right now. Nothing to do with this slate. Karis Levert will make his Indiana Pacers debut tomorrow against the Phoenix Suns. Awesome to see. Got a small mass removed from his kidney in January. So it's good to see that he's healthy and he will be back. And I'm very anxious to see how he integrates with this Indiana Pacers team. And you could probably say goodbye to Edmund Sumner in that rotation and probably to most of Aaron Holiday. But that's neither here nor there. These guys will touch on it Saturday. We're out of here. Enjoy your weekend. Good luck today, everybody. We will talk to you again. Well, I'll talk to you again Sunday morning. Rockets signed Mason Jones to attend day. So he'll be... Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.